0: How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Adam Sang podcast. It's your host, Adam Sang, and we get to talk to people, uh, talk about passions, and all things business on this show. Today, I'm joined by Shai Wartz, who is the quarterback of the Georgia Southern Eagles. (laughs) That's me. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you for having me. Fantastic. Shai, so uh, I guess let's take it back. um, Let's take it back to the beginning. How. How did you become the quarterback of the Georgia
1: Southern Eagles? Ah, long story, long story. Uh so I didn't actually get my first offer um to my 11th grade year in high school. Um it was the local college, uh Newberry College. Um, you know, I was super excited when I first got it. Uh it was after a big uh win on a Friday night. I remember going in um the next day to their game, uh talking to the coaches and, and they offered me my scholarship. Um, I immediately text my big brother and I was like, bro, they just offered me my first scholarship. I was super excited. Man, you know, he was happy for me. He was like, I'm, I'm happy for you, but you know, we, we can do better than that. Okay. And, uh, so from then on, it was, it, it's go time. I got the first one. So now I, I know I can get more. You um, know, uh, the recruiting start, really started to pick up for me. Um, Georgia Southern came in the picture in a lot more other schools. I don't want to get into all that, but, sure. um, so I ended up committing to Georgia Southern, got here first year, miserable. Uh, I was miserable. Um, did not want to be here at all i um, was trying to go home as much as possible mm-hmm. every weekend um and uh after the first my first fall and going into the spring i was able to compete for the starting job and you know it kind of it kind of the switch i kind of flipped the switch um and i, I was all in um i, I was just ready to, to, to be the guy to be the quarterback and uh, that's what i did and i won the job and i've been starting ever since
0: so so, let's talk about that. So you said when you first got here, mm-hmm. you actually didn't enjoy it too much. No. What no. what were the aspects that kind of like made that I guess position or mm-hmm. what you were doing unenjoyable? What, uh, what was it?
1: It was really just the st- <laughs> the staff. Really, mm-hmm. um, I I didn't commit to that coaching staff, um, but I was committed to the school. Uh, I liked everything about Southern. Um, I remember coming to to the games as a, as a senior in high school um and i loved it the atmosphere was you know it was a football town i didn't want to go somewhere where um football wasn't important like because i come from a school that you know the town shut down on friday night so okay um that's something i wanted and i I seen that tradition i seen that winning and i wanted to be a part of it so i decided to come here um off off of that and so when the staff left i committed to coach fritz by the way um Mm -hmm. committed to coach fritz and then he ended up leaving going to tulane um he wanted me to come to tulane but uh I went trying to go to New Orleans and then Coach Summers came and you know that whole ordeal happened and I just I just wasn't happy um I just didn't feel like I was being treated fairly um and you know it's a it's a it's a super long story man but I just I just was not happy I was trying everything in my power to just stay positive but it was so hard it's probably mm-hmm. one of the lowest points in my life for sure um was thinking about transferring um but things end up working out and you know like i said i'm well, what's important thinking. is that you're happy now right yeah and i think that that's yeah. the key mm-hmm.
0: um you know a lot of times when we have dreams and things that we want to achieve there's always these uh challenges of right. us, right? right and you know so what type of advice would you give to someone out there that maybe isn't as satisfied and right. you know what they're doing day to day
1: right um just just try to stay positive i could uh I could have handled that situation so much better than what I did. Um, mm-hmm. I just shut down, really. Like I did, I came in to to the FOC, the facility, that's what we call it, the FOC. Um, came in there every day just with a bad body language, bad mm-hmm. attitude. And I, I didn't see the silver lining in nothing. Like I was always, always just down. Like I did not want to be there. Um, so my advice to to somebody who was just going through that is just try to find the silver lining in everything because I could have easily, had to take a different route. Like Georgia Southern is division one. Like I'm a division one athlete. Like it's people who would kill to be in the position I'm in. So at least be grateful for that. And I wasn't because I felt like I I'd have had deserved so much more. I had sacrificed so much mm. to, to get so much. And I just wasn't seeing it then. Um, I just had to stay patient, had to wait my turn. And, um, Again, things work out for the better. You got it now. So uh, talk
0: talk to me a little bit about kind of like that transfer Mm -hmm. of uh, energy that happened when Coach uh, Lunsford stepped in, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. obviously he was able to really excite the entire community. Right. I I don't think it's just the football players; mm-hmm. I think it's everybody on a whole. Yeah. You know, you see him out there doing this crazy thing, you know, <laughs> with the chairs. Tell
1: me about that. Right. Like,
0: what what is that? Like,
1: C- Coach Lunsford, man, he he a different dude, man. He just brings a different energy. He's a positive dude, Um and I feel like I connected wh- so well with him because he was a major part of me even coming to Georgia Southern still after mm-hmm. the old staff had left. Um So. He was, like I said, just a major part of me coming here. Um, the energy he brings every day. He try to always be a positive dude. Sometimes it, it can get to like coach, like, bruh, like, come on now. We just lost. like how you you know what I'm saying? So, um, but it, it's always good to have a have a coach like that who who always positive. Um, so for him to come in and, and take over the way he took over, us going from two and ten to ten and three. Um, his first season being a, like the actual head coach for a whole year, um, I know that it was good for him and his family. It was also good for us to get our confidence back as a as a program. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it was good to have him as our head coach.
0: Uh, one of the things right now I want to do is kind of roll it back. So we we're talking about a lot of you know during college and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Take me to like high school, middle school. Did you did you always know that football was something that was going to be a large part of your life?
1: Right absolutely um really it was baseball at first um baseball was my first love uh that's what i wanted to do that's why i want to go to school to do um but in the high school i found that they they didn't give out full rides in baseball so when i found out that and then i found out football does it's like it's no way i'm finna let my parents pay for college so Mm. i just decided to to choose football and that's the route i took but going back to early on and in my earlier years um Growing up and just seeing my older brothers play, seeing the impact that they had on the field, seeing how people just gravitated towards them because they played the sport. Um, and just working out with them and just falling in love with the process, falling in love with the grind. Um, that's what really made me like fall in love with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time I fell I fell out in love with the game, but you know, that's what uh originally started it, like just being with my older brothers and working out and just Fall in love with the grind. Uh, how many
0: of your family members uh, played football?
1: Uh, let's see. My 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 two older brother played. Um, my other my other older brother played too, but he didn't he didn't play that long. Um, my dad played a little bit. Oh, he did. Um, yeah, I had an uncle who played in the NFL. I got another uncle who played. Um, he was pretty good, and he he tell me all the time his stories about high school and stuff like that. Um, so I got a lot of people in my family who play who played ball who was who pretty good. It's very inspiring when you hear those stories, right? Of,
0: of maybe people that are playing in the NFL, right. and Like you know how they did it, so forth mm-hmm. and so on. Um, you know, uh, for you, you know, when you had those conversations with them about kind of like you know the 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 things that they went mm-hmm. through um did you feel like you had a place to Mm -hmm. be able to do that like is that the future for you like is that what you hope to achieve
1: right I I think the conversations with my older brother is really like his name is man by the way man Um, okay so the conversations with him um is just really what kept fueling it kept Mm -hmm. fueling it kept fueling it because a, a big part of what I do and why I do it is my family and so just him and him being driven the same way, like we trying to feed our family. So mm. uh, that's what still pushes me to this day. That's my why. That's why I do everything that I do is for my family. So mm-hmm. um, to be able to to make them proud and to 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 be able to give them the life that I feel like they deserve and that they always wanted um, is what what keeps pushing me. So would drive. you
0: say? Would you say? Sorry, to, didn't mean to cut you off. But would you say that you know when you step onto the field, mm-hmm. you're really out there playing for them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure. It's it's a little subtle. Um, so before every game I, I write on my tape or uh, on my wrist or like on my towel, feed your fam or feed your fam. Um and that's something that I just like really play by, live by, whatever. Like everything I do, no matter what, whether it's business, football, whatever in life, is I gotta make sure my family's straight. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. Uh you know family is a powerful mo- motivator. Uh t- tell me a little bit about your
1: family. Like uh how many members of the family? Uh I don't know the exact number but it's a it's a it's a lot. Um mm-hmm. really I got a really close knit group. My mom and dad, uh they split when I was a, a younger. Um really raised by my granny. Uh that's somebody who that's a, that's my everything. That's mm-hmm. that's my baby, my granny, uh, my auntie, uh uncles, man, I Glow from everybody, really. I I got a village, um, got a village. I even got a tattoo. Okay, right here. It takes okay. a village to raise a child. Um, and then I got you know, the Porsche tattooed on my arm. But yeah, man, I'm a I'm a real big family guy. That's important. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take me a little bit further down. So we we kind of like
0: discussed about you know your your first offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were super excited about that. How mm-hmm. that kind of like really impacted right. you. You said that okay, now that I got the first one in the bag, more will come. Right. Uh, then you came to Georgia Southern. You kind of like, you know, tra- uh, traversed through that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an incident that happened that really, I, I think, had a lasting impact on you. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a
1: little bit about that? So, uh, man, that was <laughs> another crazy low moment in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. So headed back to school for the beginning of the camp last year the t- before the 2019 season. Uh, got pulled over through through a small town in South Carolina called Saluda County. Um, was pulled over, uh, and the officer said I had cocaine on the hood of my car. Um, and I was just like, "Bro, no, like we're not even finna do this." Like, you, I know you, you joking or something. And and, no, know he was serious. Uh, so ended up going to jail. Had to spend eighteen hours in in the Saluda County Jail, and that was that was rough. Like, I I I do not see how people um like be live in jail like. For the rest of their life like it's people that's doing life like gotta be in jail for the rest of their life um and 18 hours was enough like i never i never want to go back to jail um but yeah like i said man it was it was definitely a low point um just going through all that 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 whole situation revealed things in me that i didn't even know was in myself like um, anxiety is very real um it, it definitely it definitely is uh i was that's when i was first like introduced to it like it was really happening i didn't really know what's going on didn't really know how to to deal with the emotions that i was i was feeling it was kind of weird um and then not only having to deal with that it was kind of like okay so that happened right and then okay now it's fall camp so the season's approaching like it's it's here and you know and i'm the i'm the quarterback of a of a of a team that like if you don't win but listen like (laughs) it's, it's, it's going to be trouble. You know what I'm saying? So, so that pressure come. Now I'm got to worry about, okay, like, it's, do people think I got out of that situation because of who I am or mm. do they really think I'm innocent? Like, it, or did I really have cocaine on my car? Because it, it was some stories, it's like headlines that came out that say it was in my car. So like, now I'm thinking like, do people think it was in my car, mm. on my car? And there's just so many stories that like, I never really got a chance to really just tell what really happened and tell, you know what I'm saying? So, now going into the season, back to the season, is dealing with that pressure coming off a 10-3 season and just feel like I got to perform. Like I got to make it happen. Like it just got to be the year. And like I was in a sense, like pressing a little too much and then we get to the LSU game and I get hurt. Mm. So I played 17 plays um, after coming off a, a great off season. I feel good then got some weight on me. And man, like it's, it's, it's bad. Like, I just feel like, bro, like on my back against the wall, like things aren't going good. So then I come back, I've missed like two, three games. I come back and, you know, we, we lose that game and I'm yeah, bro, like, come on, man. Like, like, what is it like, bro, come on. Like, okay. Now the seasons continue to go on, continue to go on. And, you know, I'm, I'm playing okay, but I'm not having a season now that I want to have. And it's, it's not so much of my ability is I'm in my head like i'm i'm second guessing myself on mm. the field i'm a second guess to throw here i throw there i'm second guess to make this read or that reading it's just like i'm in my head so much um and, and it that whole situation like it took a toll on me it, it really did and i never really like wanted to to talk about to talk about it in a moment because i didn't want people to feel like i was blaming what had happened on, 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 on you know what I'm saying on the incident but they that's real life, that's reality. Like I'm like I'm fighting this in my head, like and this it's real and mental health, like that's something that I ain't I didn't I'm not gonna say I took it for granted, like or not, because I because I seen how it affected other people, but it never happened to me. So I didn't like realize the 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 effects that it could have on somebody like until it happened to me. And when it happened that twenty nineteen season, man, I was just it was rough. I think oftentimes, you know, we don't
0: realize uh, situations until they happen to us, right? right? Exactly. Like once it
1: happens to you, you're
0: like, "Oh, okay, this is I, what it is." This what like. it feel like, exactly. Um, you mentioned something in there that you never got the opportunity to kind of like say what exactly happened that night. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know this is a great opportunity for you for to sure. that, do now. Mm-hmm. So what what happened that night? You know, um, take me through like the feelings that you experienced, like mm-hmm. when you when you got there. I mean. Uh, did you get pulled over just because, like, I mean, they were just pulling random cars over, mm-hmm. or, or what happened?
1: No. So he said I was speeding, and mm-hmm. uh, so did you feel like you were speeding? I really don't even know. I I think I told him no when like when mm-hmm. he I was like I don't I don't think so. Um, and then he couldn't like whatever. I'm not even gonna get into that because it's still gonna, sure like, sure open or whatever whatever I said. But yeah, but let's talk about how he was talking to me when he pulled me over, mm-hmm. um, bro. It was like blatant disrespect like Mm. bro i'm still a human like i don't even know why you mad like why are you mad like because i oh i knew why i know why he mad because i didn't pull over like right when he got behind me so saluda it's a small town it's you know it got some history behind it if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so i didn't want to i didn't want to pull over right where i was at it was a long road this road probably like 20 miles of like just really dark like there's a few houses here and there but it, it's a dark road Kinda so iffy, right? right so when he that's got true. behind me i'm like bro listen i'm not finna pull over right here so i called on and i'm like listen ma'am can you please tell the officers behind me i'm not running i'm not trying to avoid him nothing i, I see him i'm acknowledging him but can i get to some light okay and that's what i did so try to get to some light um and really was almost there before another cop pulls in front of me um so i just go ahead and pull over because i didn't want to wreck my car obviously and then he get to the car, start you know, and he immediately got an attitude. So berating you, right? So we we going through all that, and you know, I just and I and I and I'm scared on the inside, but on the outside, I'm I'm like I'm got this face on, like, but bro, I'm scared because like sure. this this is a police officer. He got a gun. Like he already talking me crazy. Like it's dark. It's dark. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a. It's a few other policemen out there, but they don't look like me, so I don't know how you know. What sure. I don't know how that go. We all know what's what's going on in the world right now, um, but yeah, it, it was scary. It was scary, I, and it it kind of it kind it kind of made me feel like less of a man in that moment because I couldn't really exp- like express myself how I wanted to because I know if I did and the things that I wanted to say to him, like it probably it wouldn't. Yeah, it probably would have been bad. Yeah. So it was, a, it was definitely a long night. And then I'm 18 hours in, in the Saluda County jail. Like I said, I don't, I don't wish that jail on nobody. Yeah. Nobody. So
0: like, I guess like through your mind, you know, when they, when they finally, so obviously there's, there's something that must've mm-hmm. happened like during, during this time, but right. like, you know, when, when he, when you, when the moment that he said that, okay, well,
1: you know, you are going to jail, I mean, right. I guess what did you, Ooh, my heart job. Like, <laughs> Immediately, right? like in my stomach, I'm like, well, I'm going to lose my scholarship. I ain't going to play this season. Like there's just so many scenarios going through my head because it's like, I'm thinking about how he going, like, or how the the media and everything going to portray this. Like, cause I, I know like, it's not going to be like, Oh, the cocaine was found on the hood of his car. Like, or the uh, accused cocaine, whatever, however you want to say it, was found on the hood of my car. It was going to say in my car or, these are something like sure. that. So I'm trying to play like, bro, like they not gonna believe me, and I'm just, I'm just going the whole 18 hours. I'm, I'm trying to think like, bro, like what's gonna happen. And so I get out, and you know I get my phone back, and I see all these missed calls, I see all these text messages and things like that. And I'm like, bro, it's out, like everybody know now. Like, mm-hmm. so first thing I do, um, my mama told me that he, she had already talked to Coach Lunsford. So. That's the first thing I do. I call my coach. I'm like, "Coach, what's up?" Blah blah blah. I'm talking to him and I'm telling him, telling him what's happening. And you know, he he behind me. Um, I think yeah, TK was still here at the time, so I talked to TK too. Talked to coach the best, and you know, they they believe me. They they believe me from the jump, so it wasn't like nothing like that. But it was still hard. It was still hard to to know that people um, probably are just thinking like, "I sell drugs. or I do cocaine yeah. or something like that." So it was definitely. It was definitely weird. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, uh I, I know that coach uh Lunsford, I mean, he made a public statement really mm-hmm. kind of like always just behind you. Right. And I and I think that speaks to, you know, his ability to uh lead his team, right? I mean, cause he puts his faith in his players and making sure that you right. know they they are doing what they are supposed to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um how has that impacted your outlook? Like, you know, um race is a very kind of like prevalent thing right now. Right. Um, how do you think that experience really changed your perception of, you know, what's going on?
1: It made me more passionate about it, really. Mm -hmm. Um, just talking about it, um, speaking up about it. It's people who, innocent people who lost their their lives to a white cop that look like me, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? For no reason, just Mm -hmm. because they felt superior. Like you had no reason to have your neck, your knee on this man's neck for Eight minutes, nine minutes, however long it was, like it, you had no reason to do that. That's right. And now his daughter got to, you know, go through the rest of her life without her dad. And so for me, it just kind of like, man, I gotta do something. Like I gotta, you know, and I'm not a very vocal person. Like I, I don't like like talking in front of large crowds. It's not something I do. Like the the largest crowd I w- would talk to is like my teammates, like in front of in front of a team meeting or something like that. So. Um, it really just made me want to talk about it, um, shed light to all the, the wrong things that are going on in the world. Because a lot of times we only see the things that are happening on social media, on mm-hmm. Twitter and Instagram, like the videos that get posted. But it's so many more situations that take place and don't get uh, the the publicity that a lot of these other situations have and so um for for example, like when I was like trying to find lawyers and stuff to represent me for you know what I'm saying for the case or whatever um I had- call- lawyers calling my phone just telling me like it was it was one lady in in some state who who did like two years because a stress ball was opening her car, and like the, the white stuff was coming out and it tested positive for a, a controlled substance but she didn't have the money for a good lawyer to get her out of this situation. So oh she had God. to wait for the results to cut, some kind of crazy stuff. It's like, bro, like what? Like people, two years of your life I and mean, you innocent. Like, it's just stuff like that that made me realize like I gotta do something. I gotta use my voice somehow to, you know what I'm saying? No matter if it's how big or small the change may be, I gotta do something.
0: What is the message that you want to get out out there in the world?
1: Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Like, simple as that. Like, you could, you can say skin color and that play a major a major role in it. But right is right and wrong is wrong. I don't feel like nobody should be treated the way, like, how, how we have been seeing on cameras mm-hmm. um, these past few months. Like, the Breonna Taylor. Like, you, how? Like, how mm-hmm. does that happen? Like, no, that should never happen. And just so many other other instances like it is wrong it's completely wrong and so what I tried to do and like I am not sure if you was there it was kind of like a small little protest or whatever um something I said in the in my talk to the crowd was like no matter how big or how small you think your voice is use it and that's what I want to continue to to tell people like and especially athletes because I know a lot of times that we we get in this box and we like we Bro, we can't say that. We can't. We can't do Mm -hmm. that. Like, why not? We humans. Like, we athletes, but bro, we humans. At the end of the day, like, why can't you speak up? Why can't you say what you believe or fight for what you believe in? Like, why not? Because you're athlete. Like, no. Like, football is what I do, not who I am. And Mm, that's 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 something that I want. um, Really, every athlete to to. To think about, like not just football players, baseball, basketball, softball, ten- whatever. Like, use your voice, like, cause you got a major platform. Like, use it. So, I think that's what. Other than what I said at the beginning, right is right, wrong and wrong. Like, more so towards athletes. Like, I'm a quarterback at a, you know, what I'm saying? not trying to brag or boast or nothing like that. But like, I'm a quarterback at division one, division one school. If I feel like if I if somebody see me, if another athlete see me taking the initiative to do something and stand up for what I believe in and fight for what I believe in, then they can do it as well. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? It does. Yeah, It does. I
0: mean, I think that's a huge message. I think not only athletes, but everybody in the world, right? Right. 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 Everybody. And and we all have the ability to kind of, I guess, make change. Yeah. Um, You know, for you, one of the questions I have is like, you know, what do you think? It, like with all this happening in the world right now, mm-hmm. like what do you think is the solution? Because everybody's looking for that, right? right? Like yeah. you know, there's so many challenges. There's so many different things that are happening out there that, um, you know, we we feel like we don't have any control. Mm-hmm. Um, what should the conversation really be about?
1: So that's really a that's really a, a good question, a tough question well. I don't I don't think there's just like one solution that you could like say to change everything or fix everything. I think it should start with i know people probably get tired of hearing this conversation those hard conversations have to be had in order to change someone uh someone's perception of just how they see things because like for instance me and you we had two different we was raised two different ways mm-hmm. probably you know what i'm saying seeing the whole you probably seen some things i've never seen i probably seen some things you've never seen so um to start those tough conversations. They gotta be had. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be hard. It's definitely gonna be hard. Like I had a conversation with Coach Lumsfeld. It was a hard conversation, but it had to be had. Um, and then not only talking about it, but being about it, because in the beginning of this whole like social injustice movement, it was a it was a lot of talk, like let's do this, let's let's have this group, let's make this comedian, let's do this, let's do that. Then you know, months what go by. Go? Like, where does it go? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's got to. It's got to be consistency. It, it's. It's got to be. And uh, a big, another big thing to to say is, it's, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's gonna take time. Like, people who look like me, we've been oppressed for over 400 years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not gonna be something that's gonna be fixed in a few months or even a year or sure. a few years. It's gonna some. It's gonna be something that's gonna take time. Um. You got to continue to work at it with consistency, and it's got to be something that you really want. Like anything in life, like if you want this change, if you want it to happen, then it has to be consistent. Even myself, like I gotta, I gotta continue to educate myself um, a, as far as like the things that that I can do better or I can help bring to to light. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It like, is I gotta, I gotta continue to find ways and help um, others. Find ways as well. So mm-hmm. yeah,
0: um, you know, I, I am a minority as well. You right. know, I grew up in Statesboro, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I remember uh, distinctly. You know, there's times when you, you you're faced with things that you know are not so comfortable, right? Um, you know, and and one of the conversation pieces that you know I want to have is like you know, you know, as a minority,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the experiences that your minority have versus minority have are quite different mm-hmm. right uh you know Asians for whatever reason have been often called like the uh the model minority or whatever that means i yeah. think it's, like our parents <laughs> are like driving us to mm-hmm. continuously achieve um you know for you kind of i guess what 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 are the different things that we the, the conversations that we can have um mm-hmm. to help move the world forward cuz right. i think that that's kind of like what 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 doesn't push us
1: forward is mm-hmm. that
0: we we are not having the correct conversations.
1: Right. It I think it starts with being transparent. It mm. tries it starts to being transparent. So like we in this room, um, and say it's kind of like a, a a round table talk. Yeah. Right. So it's me, you and when our Caucasian friends and you know what I'm saying just a, a mixture of culture. Like I said before, like I was brought up a different way than you were. That's you were right. brought up a different way than I were. So in order to understand the the I guess the the problem or the help find a solution to all of this is to understand each other. In order to, in order for you to know like the words like talking to somebody who is white, <laughs> like the words gotcha. you the, the words you say. In order for you to know how that uh, affects me or how it makes me feel, then I gotta tell you. You gotta right. you gotta ask me like how. Do, when somebody say the N word, how does it make you feel? Mm. And I'm gonna tell you like, well, listen I don't... We ain't doing that. Don't sure. don't do that. You know what I'm saying? So it, it gotta be like I said, them hard conversation. Like, and it's gonna be it's gonna be times where I may not agree with what you say, you may not agree with what I say, I might not agree with what he say or she say. Like it's that's the part of the conversation. So that's what I mean by those those tough, hard conversations. Like, and I mean like the questions that nobody wanna ask, the mm-hmm. questions that nobody wanna answer, like it gotta be in order for it to to go the way it's supposed to, you know.
0: Well, thank you so much for being like a spokesman for kind of like I guess you know for people to have voices. I mm-hmm. think that communication is such an important part of Good you know word. our culture that you know that's how we kind of like meet all. That's how we move the ball forward, right? right. Uh, I I want to change uh, the conversation now to kind of like looking looking forward into I guess the future. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what is next for for you?
1: the NFL. Ooh. God's willing. God's willing. Yeah, man. I I've, my whole life, man, just it's been a process, it's been a journey, but I feel like it's here. I feel like it's time. Um you know, it, like I said, God's willing though. I got other stuff that I'm I'm working on as well if if, if that ain't in God's plan. So, um you know, I definitely don't have a I guess a, a bitter Sour taste in my mouth for a little bit if it if it don't work out the way that I always wanted it to but you know I this that's not gonna be it like mm-hmm. I told you before football is what I do not who I am so I, I'm a, I'm gonna find a way to, to make sure that that we straight my family straight
0: that's awesome yeah. Uh for you uh, what does that process look like so I mean is there I guess scouts that
1: are being mm-hmm. sent out
0: right now that right. are watching the games what what are they looking for
1: yeah so I, I, I'm really not sure how that process work um okay. really I, I just like Agents, I've been, you know, talking to a few agents um, and, you know, things are they looking good. Um, so hopefully just throughout this season, just continue to, to play well, um, to, 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 to do what I do um, mm-hmm. and let the chips fall within me. That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. Um, you know, th- I think that that's a huge goal to accomplish. You know, for for you, um, you you have set your eyes on the NFL. I think right. that that's that's very that's very certain. But I, I like how even though. Regardless of you know if the NFL thing happens or not, right. You have this core belief that no matter what, I'm going to take care of my family, and I and I Absolutely. think that that is really what pushes you, mm-hmm. you know, ahead of ahead of everybody else. Absolutely. Um, you know, for our audience out there, I guess you know one of the one of the final things that I have for you is, I mean, is there anything that you want to be able to say to everybody out there? What is the message that you want to bring to people?
1: Hmm. I wanna I wanna talk to the to the athletes for a second. Um, because it's something that I, I struggle with a little bit and something that was like always on my mind. Kinda like what we just talked about, just the core belief of I'm gonna make a way no matter what. So up until my my junior year, kinda like when everything happened with you know, with Insaluda, um, it was NFL, NFL, NFL. Like I thought about nothing else. Like and when football was taken away from me for about a almost a week. I had to self-reflect a little bit. I had to think, like, what if if I don't get a chance to go back? Then what? Like, what I'm going to do? Like, I don't got no plan. Like, I ain't, I've just been going into school, like, taking classes. Like, I don't, am I really even learning anything? Like, Mm. or am I just trying to get good grades to stay eligible for football? Like, and during that time, I had, like, what do I really want to do? And I always thought about real estate. Like, I I like real estate. So, kind of got into it. Um, but back to what I was saying um, about the NFL, like, my whole life, in NFL, the NFL, NFL. Then when that happened, I had to, like I said, had to, had to share for a flip. And at that moment, I made a decision to, like, bruh, no matter what, like, I got to feed my family. Got to. So, to all the athletes out there, like, don't put, I know y'all probably heard this saying before, like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like, you got to you, you got to be flexible or just evolve that, yeah innovation. like you yeah you can't just put it all on one like you, you can't like because what if it don't work out then what you, you stuck kind of back in square one like mm-hmm. and i don't want my transition phase how it went. wherever that may come like after the nfl or if the nfl don't work and i'm after college i got to go find whatever with, with real estate um it, it got to be a uh, plan in place. Like I don't want to just be stuck. Like, oh, I didn't make it to the NFL, and I got to go working nine to five. Not saying nothing wrong working a nine to five sure. at all, but I just don't see myself working a nine to five and working for somebody else. Like I want to be my own boss. That's something I pride myself on. That's because, like, I'm, I'm like, I consider myself like uh, a hustler. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I strive or I thrive the, the best when it's like my back against the wall and mm-hmm. it's like. Is hey, okay, I gotta go out there and hunt or I'm gonna be hungry. Like I gotta make it happen. And that's why I feel like I thrive the best. Um, So my advice to, to all the athletes out there, man, listen, find what you wanna do outside of your sport. Like it gotta be something like, don't plan on just like, I'm gonna go to the NFL and make millions. Okay, the average span of an NFL career is like three to five years. So say I go to the NFL this year, I'm done with football at 28. Mm what now, happens like, after that. what happens after that like and i just want to have things in place i want to um just be able to, to to have a life outside of football because mm-hmm. like i said before and i'm gonna continue to go back to the football is what i do not who i am
0: it's amazing uh, Shaw, thank you so much for your time. I really mm. appreciate the time that you spent with mm. us. Uh, I know that your schedule is extremely busy. <laughs> for sure. um, best of luck to you. I look forward to seeing you if in, in the NFL. For sure. uh, but even if that doesn't work out, I look forward to the career that you will have mm. uh, in everything that you do. But uh, thank that. you so much. I, I appreciate your time and appreciate you. uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank
1: you. Cool, thank man. you.